Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. We've got a fantastic 2023 fantasy football preview. But first, we got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, it's your number one source for all your betting needs, and it's your number one source for what, what better than this time of season? Football season, football futures, football week one. It's all there right now, and they got the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers. They also have live betting in your favorite casino and card games, so what are you waiting for? Head on over and use your mobile device to sign up today. Get in on the action only when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. What happens when you use that promo code? B-L-E-A-V. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For all your NFL futures and game one action, BetOnline is the place to go. BetOnline, where the game game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod um happy weekend happy labor day happy fantasy football draft weekend so what better than to bring in my tutty guy coming for our annual little fireside fantasy football chat it's david rispoli what's up dave joey the fire's cooking tutty guys are here let's talk fantasy Oh boy, everyone, get your drinks ready for every time we groan after we say the word Kyle Pitts. Um, But we've got some fantastic categories for you today that we want to talk about. We've targeted some players that we think can kind of either make or break your fantasy league this year, Um, and we're going to dive into it right away. So Dave, a really quick question off the top. This isn't on the board, so I wanted to surprise you real quick. Which position, now we're going to get into tight end a little bit later, sleeve that one off the board. Is there a particular group of players at a position group this year that has you saying, man, I'm having a hard time figuring out this group this year specifically for 2023 as a quarterback, wide receiver, or running back? Which one's the hardest to figure out right now? Uh, I think definitely it's running back. I think with the crazy landscape that it has been, both with holdouts, injuries, IR, people getting traded, not getting traded, After like, I mean, it's usually the case where after running back 10, there's definitely like known as the RB dead zone, which is like a real hot, you know, clickbaity title. Maybe we'll title this one. Get a couple viewers, Joe. But I think I think this year in particular, there's like 20 dudes that I'm like, hey, pick your poison, people like. There's just not a lot of studs on real NFL teams, uh, both with our Bears going all the way up to as team a team as good as the Chiefs. It's like there just really isn't that archetype anymore. The Saquon Barkleys are definitely in the minority now. Um, I completely agree. You know, we I've been playing fantasy football for I think it's going to be my 14th year playing fantasy. Maybe it's actually more of my 15th year. But I mean, this evolution, it's like the running back is the wagon wheel, right? Yeah. And now people actually have like real (laughs) people realize, oh, the wide receiver is actually the running engine car. And this thing is being pulled by horse and buggy. And it's funny, man. I'm going to throw even one more analogy out there. The running back position is kind of like the NBA now, right? We really don't know what's going to happen or where these guys are going to land. No one wants to pay them any money. Um, The holdout issue, as we're realizing with Jonathan Taylor, is a very real thing. Now he wasn't traded. Now he's on the pup list. He can still be traded at some point. Will he be on the Bengals and rocking your fantasy league in weeks eight or nine? Or is he going to be a guy that just sits on your bench of a what could have been um, in August and September when you drafted him and walked back and wrote him down on a sheet of paper and, and crossed your fingers and, and hoped and hoped to win? 
as um, did I, as I did that exact thing, Joey. And now I have a lot of regrets. There's yeah, a lot of regrets, but here's the other thing. Christian McCaffrey, it worked out last year. Right. And, and that's the, and that's the situation of you see a guy like Dalvin cook sitting on the street. Is it going to be good for the jets? Is it not? I mean, so the running back position I think is by far um, the toughest to figure out. I do have a couple of running backs on these categories that we have coming up here. Uh, just to rip through some of the categories that we're going to do, and then we're going to dive right in. We have our annual Mantasy. We have our league winners, our league losers, overrated, underrated. Talk a little tight end, our favorite rookie, and whatever else we think up. Now, our first category here is Mantasy. Now, this goes all the way back to a little show that me and you used to do. Me and you used to do called the Tutty Guys, um, a weekly show where we would bring out our favorite picks. We were right. I'm going to say history is going to look upon us kindly and say we were right all the time um <laughs> never wrong never and if, wrong, and if you don't believe us go back and watch the episodes you will be the 200th viewer of that mm -hmm. set episode and i thank you for doing that but our fantasy basically is our man crush our fantasy guy who maybe isn't going in the first or second round it doesn't even matter this is a guy that you're walking into your fantasy draft saying no matter what happens if i have to reach a little bit for this guy if I have to go up and get him, I really want him on my team this year. I'm going to make it happen. So this is our first category, Dave. Who is your mantasy in fantasy football for 2023? Joey, I'm going back to the well. I'm going back to a mantasy of mine. Two seasons ago, I chose him to be my mantasy. When Julio Jones left, I thought he is the perfect number one receiver on the Falcons. And then something weird happened, Joey. I drafted him, and four games later, he got hurt. And then I thought, you know what? Next season, I'll pick him again. And I picked him again, and then it came out that he had a gambling issue and was suspended for the entire year, which is less than you can get for any domestic abuse in the NFL. But hey, we're not here to talk about that, Joey. <laughs> it's Calvin Ridley. Third time's a charm, but here's the thing. He's got a new look, you know? He's got new clothes, a new fit. Mm -hmm. He looks better, Joey, because he's on the Jaguars. And I think this is just a player that everything just sets up well for Calvin Ridley this year. You look at who he used to be, I think people kind of forget how good he was, according to Matt Harmon's reception perception. You know, I love that for wide receiver success rates. 76.4% success versus man coverage in his last healthy season, which would have ranked seventh amongst last year's wide receiver core. So where does he fall within the NFL? I think that's a pretty good marker that this dude is still among the top 10 elite wide receivers. Now you're going to add him to a Jaguars offense who over their last seven games averaged 28 points a game, Joe, only trailing Kansas City, who averaged 29. We have Lawrence heading into year three. He's got a true number one now, okay? Lawrence's favorite route to throw all through college, the out route, just so happens to be one of Calvin Ridley's strongest routes. It's a match made in heaven. At first, I thought you were going to say Roddy White. That's how you were. <laughs> that's, the, that's the narrative that it was going across. I mean, it's it's kind <laughs> of a similar path, and hopefully he doesn't fizzle out the way Roddy did. Um, look, there's a lot to like about Calvin Ridley, right? I mean, even just the easy stuff on paper, right? Doug Peterson's offense, the second year, the dude loves to throw the football. They're in a division that seems very, very winnable, right? 
And whether the Jaguars are going to win and lose games, I think the one thing, Dave, that we can probably hang our hat on is that the Jaguars are going to score points. Now, maybe my pushback would be um, there's a lot of mouths to feed, right? We had a career year from Christian Kirk last year. Evan Ingram got paid a lot of money. They do like Etienne a whole lot. And, oh, yeah, you also have Zay Jones kind of in the mix there. But, Dave, man, I love it still, though. This is Trevor Lawrence's third year. And if we've seen anybody take a quarterback and turn them into someone that could be MVP light, MVP worthy, it's a guy like Doug Peterson who's done it countless times with guys like, you know, he's done it with Nick Foles. He's done it with um, Carson Wentz a couple of years ago or three or four years ago. So Calvin Ridley, I, I think that's a great move right there. And in your opinion, are you taking him um, as a wide receiver one, or do you say saying, you know, this could be the best wide receiver two on any fantasy team? Yeah, ideally he's your wide receiver two, and you're just crushing your league that way. But to me, he's like him and DK Metcalf are like my Hail Marys. If I decided to go running back heavy or get a stud quarterback in round two, I feel okay with them as my wide receiver one. I think they will produce as a wide receiver one in certain weeks, but you're just not going to get the consistency of like a Stefan Diggs, CD lamp. Right. Um, let's kick it over to my man to see uh, Dave, you know who it is, <laughs> you know, who it is, baby. He's already on one of my fantasy teams. And the reason why he is my man to see this year is because he kind of like, he's kind of like that band's first album before they go, pop or go lame or go weird or go crazy they're kind of like he's kind of like Coldplay was still cool that very first album and I don't know how long it's going to last for but George Pickens on the Pittsburgh Steelers Dave <laughs> loved him I in college it was a Steeler I just was figuring out which one you were going to say I, lo I, lo <laughs> I loved him in college uh you knew that he was my favorite wide receiver coming out of the draft he fell all the way to 52 he goes to wide receiver university in Pittsburgh and last year, look, the numbers weren't fantastic, but also Kenny Pickett wasn't that fantastic. But if you watch the games, what you did see was a young quarterback, honestly, kind of chucking it to the sidelines, closing his eyes. And then when he opened them, George Pickens was, you know, tapping his two toes down on the sidelines and coming up with a great catch. And he did that consistently throughout the game. So there's a chemistry already built in there. And now we see from this preseason, you think you hope Kenny Pickett takes a step forward and a big part of that step forward is going to be with a guy like George Pickens. Now, do I think that he can get up to wide receiver one status? Should you be drafting him that way? I don't think so. I drafted him actually as my third wide receiver. But as a third wide receiver, all of a sudden, if he plays at the level that I think that he can play, all of a sudden your lineup is looking really, really dangerous. And I'll be honest with you, Dave, he's kind of a weird dude. So I think this is the year <laughs> of all the years, right? I think this is the year that if you want to talk about a guy that's going to rise up to stardom, and have that moment now. I'm getting it while the getting's good because the, as the years go on, I feel like contract negotiations, weird social media post. It's all coming, Dave. It's all coming down the road. I just don't think it's coming this year. I got George Pickens as my fantasy. I love the call, Joey. To me, he's the ideal flex play. What should you have in your flex? Just wild upside, right? Just a guy you're swinging for the fences and George play George play George Pickens <laughs> is a big play waiting to happen. No one makes wild contested catches the way that guy has in just one year of professional football. 
I will say the one thing I was very surprised about, Joe, during the draft, and I asked you about it, is me personally, I have Deontay Johnson a few spots ahead of George Pickens. You picked George Pickens and allowed Deontay Johnson to fall to me, which I was very surprised about. Well, the only thing about that is that I think when we want to talk about the red zone, I think that's maybe where George Pickens gives a little bit of the edge over Deontay Johnson at this time. I'm with you, man. The dude um, is a fantastic player. You get the ball in his hands in space. He can pick up some extra yards. I think he's going to help out between the 20s. But I think inside in the red zone, if you're talking about a ball on the five-yard line, first down and third down, if you're Kenny Pickett, who would you probably trust more than a George Pickens on those two type of situational throws? Um, that back shoulder in the corner, um, just, you know, that rifle ball, man up, man, somebody up and get it. Um, I think that's, I think he's going to be one of the key options there with Friar Muth. And I'm just worried about Deontay Johnson's touchdowns, even though I do think it's going to be a good play and everything. There's a lot of signs that are pointing in a strong direction right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense that has honestly been in a coma for the last several years. It took their it took a couple of years, but their offensive line has kind of been remade a little bit. They do have a pretty decent one-two punch in the backfield, and Kenny Pickett's got a lot of confidence right now. So I actually like their offense a lot, and I'm kind of going with one of those. We both got one of their receivers, so hopefully that's going to work out for both of us. Um, Dave, it's time to move on. Now this category is called a league winner. Now this doesn't mean that this is the number one pick in the draft. This doesn't mean this is the best player in the NFL. This probably means a league winner is a guy at the value that you're getting, or maybe that the position that you're getting him at is really going to be something that could possibly tip the scales. And at the end of the day, you look back and you said, man, that guy, he kind of really helped me be a league winner. So Dave, um, who do you got this year? Who is your league winner in fantasy football? This one I struggled the most with because this is like a big title, you know, and you really got to search and find. So I kind of went it's back. broad. Yeah, I went back through the years and I tried to find who actually define a league winner. I'm defining it as at the end of the season, he's the middle round player that you're like, oh, you had to have him. Last year was Josh Jacobs. Every league I'm in, the guy that happened to draft Josh Jacobs probably went to at least the playoffs. Like they did well. He was the diamond in the rough year before that. Uh, it was it was Cooper Cup. Then it was Stefan Diggs. These were middle middle round wide receivers. This is how I kind of categorized it. And I was actually surprised with who I've chosen. I surprised myself, Joe. Okay. Mm, when you're nearing okay. 40, you got to surprise yourself. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you look in the mirror. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, my fantasy for many, many years. And I just think if everything breaks right, and oh, baby, is this a big if, and this guy stays healthy, I think we could definitely look back on this season and being like, man. You had to have Darren Waller. Mm. The tight end position last year was a difference maker. Kelsey was definitely that guy in the first round. First, second round. Kelsey is a great example of a league winner type. When everyone else's tight end sucks, he's amazing. It can tip the scales and help you win your league. Yeah, and we saw that a little bit last year with with quarterbacks. But at these onesie positions, especially tight end, Joey, you know we hate this position. If you have a tight end that can put up 25, 30 points and you're playing against the dude who has to start Dalton Schultz, who's going to get four for 40 in a half PPR league with no touchdowns, you're destroying that team. Your advantages are through the roof. And I'm looking at Kelsey and Mark Andrews, two guys that have finished tight end one the last couple seasons. And I looked at some of the qualities they have. And the biggest one is they are the top 
pass catching option on their team. They lead their team in targets. And that's something you cannot say about Kittle, you cannot say about Goddard, and you can't even say about TJ Hawkinson. You can say that about Darren Waller. They went out, they got their guy. And to me, this is less about Darren Waller and less about Daniel Jones and my belief in those two players and more about, I think I've become a Brian Dayball guy. He got the Giants <laughs> to nine wins last year, Joe, with Isaiah Hodgins as the leading receiver. Then you look at Darren Waller's preseason usage. We're talking 80% of, of uh, he ran around on 80% of DJ's dropbacks. He had a 44% target share. Now, I'm not saying preseason is gold. They're probably wanting to see what they have in Darren Waller. But you look at the depth chart, Par uh, Paris Campbell, uh, the ghost of Jamison Crowder's on the roster, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius, Sl <laughs> Darius Slayton. Like Darren Waller is going to eat, eat some more, and him and Saquon Barkley are going to be the offense. So I think if he stays healthy, and this is a big if, but he's a guy you're getting in the middle of the sixth, seventh round. If everything breaks right, we could look back on this year and be like, man, Darren Waller turned back into the baller and he's a league winner. It's a great call. Um, you know, I, I think the Travis Kelsey in the tight end position and when we talk about tight end, you know, a little bit later, I mean, honestly, it's a it's a it's a position that we're phasing out of fantasy football. And if yes, we're going to have it in a lot of these leagues. You know, Darren Waller, as you mentioned, if he gets you 1,100 receiving yards in round six or seven, then all of a sudden that tips the scales. Um, one of my honorable mentions is, Dave, I've talked about this guy a lot. Um, you know, I just think a guy like, a, when you say the word if, you know what I mean? If he does this at this particular value, it can turn into a league winner. Um, you know, you got a Garrett Wilson that's going in a second round right now. He's a top 10, top 12 receiver on the rankings list, but he has the possibility to be a top four, top five play. If he makes that type of leap, all of a sudden he can turn into a league winner. But Dave, when you mentioned that word, if the guy for me, the league winner of fantasy football, and he almost did it again last year for a lot of different leagues is our boy, Justin Fields. Oh, I mean, let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. Nobody really knows what they're getting from Justin Fields right now, right? I mean, he is a bit of a mystery. If you look at the numbers last year, not only was he a league winner, or excuse me, a week winner in fantasy on multiple occasions, but he definitely finished in the top three among quarterbacks. He's at, I think, QB6 right now going into drafts. But, I mean, I've just kind of seen some of the mocks and one of the drafts that we've done. No one's really, like, getting in line no one's really stepping over each other. They maybe would a Lamar Jackson of years past or maybe even a Jalen Hurts to pick up Justin Fields right now because they just don't think they know what they're going to get from the passing side of the football. He's got DJ Moore. We talked about it a lot that this is a third year, a bit of a make or break for Justin Fields, and we all know what he can do with his legs. But, Dave, if you're getting Justin Fields as the sixth quarterback off the board, somewhere in that fifth, sixth-round area just where you're getting Darren Waller, and then he turns into a top three quarterback in fantasy. If he gives you another season of a thousand rushing yards, maybe he gives you those dozen touchdowns that on the ground that Jalen Hurts gave you. Plus, maybe he gets over 20 and gets into the 35, 38 touchdown total. That's a league winner, right? So, I mean, it's a big one way or the other. And, and, and some of these guys that we're talking about can also be league losers, right? I mean, Justin Fields is that on that fence one way or the other. Yeah, I, I think we both just named players 
with very low floors and very high ceilings, right? Yep. Very scary to draft Darren Waller right now. That's how I feel about Justin Fields. And I'm also this year very torn between mixing my real life NFL passions with my fantasy passions, because if Justin Fields doesn't perform well, then I'm like double sad and there's not enough naps I can take or beer to drink that will help me feel better, Joey, as a Bears fan and fantasy player. But I'll say this, Joey, I love the call. He was going to be my runner up and I'll tell you why we talked about this before Joey only two quarterback performances last year surpassed the 40 point mark Justin Fields Justin Fields yeah he owned them both so truly if we're talking about ceiling and we're just basing it off last year no one has a higher no one has shown to have a higher ceiling than Justin Fields and I was on your podcast months ago and I said to you by the time fantasy drafts come along, Justin Fields will be going quarterback four or five. I was convinced, but for some reason, it's amazing. Everyone is like Gaga over Lamar Jackson, who also can't stay on the field, who probably has worse weapons, who, you know, is, is, is also in a run first off. Like anything you could, any knock you have on Justin Fields, you could throw that right over to Lamar Jackson. And to be honest, you could throw that right over to Jalen Hurts. So to me, Justin Fields is the best value right now of all of the rushing quarterbacks that have that kind of ceiling. So I I haven't been able to get him yet, but I got two drafts to go and I'm going to be hunting. I'm going to be hunting him. <laughs> if you want to play the game this year of who's going to lead the NFL in 50 plus yard scores, the first name that comes to mind is Tyreek Hill, right? Sure. And then you kind of can throw a couple other names in the list, but Justin Fields is in that list of game breakers that can swing a fantasy game on a weekly basis. So, I mean, it's a roll of the dice, right? But that, I think, is the idea of a league winner, which, Dave, brings me over to who are the league losers. Now, I think these are guys that are that maybe have a certain kind of value, either based on precedent, either based on potential, but man, at the value that they're at, if you get them and it doesn't work out, it can sink your fantasy league. Dave, who do you got? Well, I mentioned it before the RB dead zone. I just want to talk about what I believe the RB dead zone to be because I'm picking a bunch of running backs, Joey, as my league losers who are all dead backs to me. This is what a dead, what the RB dead zone is in fantasy folks. It's a usually rounds three through six. And what happens in your home leagues is everybody's running back crazy. That's just always been the fantasy way. People that 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 don't pay attention to fantasy and just pick up a fantasy magazine and head to your drafts with a bunch of beers. They just know they need to get a bunch of running backs. And so what happens is instead of looking at value is they begin to reach on running backs. So therefore mm -hmm. overall ADP gets pushed up where not so talented backs on bad teams get pushed up a couple of rounds and they bust. We saw this a bunch last year. And the big criteria for me is they don't catch passes. They're on a bad team and they're not a good talent. Like they're just average talented running backs. Those are my three criteria to finding these backs. And here are those guys that checked that list for me. Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, and James Conner. To mm. me, those are three guys that are off my list because a there's, I don't see a scenario where they like really burn me 
where like we're at the end of the year, everyone's like, you had to have Cam Akers. Like if that's the case, then Sean McVay is a magician and should win coach of the year and all that's concerned. But you look at the three teams, Panthers, uh, Rams, Cardinals. I mean, good God, the Cardinals are might as well just wear white flag jerseys. They're waving it. <laughs> they might as well just put Caleb Williams on the back of whoever they're trotting out a quarterback because that's who they're envisioning at this point. They're just bad teams. They have bad O-lines. They're going to be behind a lot. They don't have great defenses and their offenses are shaky and their backs. I just don't find exceptional talents. I love Miles Sanders when he first came in the league, but he really hasn't done much. He hasn't caught passes since his freshman, uh, since his freshman year. We have Cam Akers who the Rams were ready to trade in the middle of last season. Like suddenly now we think we're just going to get, he's going to get handed the keys to the McVay sports car. I don't think so. And James Connor loved the guy, super cool guy, super good person overcame a lot. Don't have him on your fantasy team, folks. You know, he's on the Cardinals. He's the Cardinals two down back. That's all that needs to be said. These are people that we saw in our last draft, Joey, get pushed up because, hey, they're a starting running back. And I think they're fool's gold. And I think they're going to leave a lot of people upset when halfway through the year, some rookie overtakes them or they're in a split backfield. James Conner on the Cardinals is like that scene in Game of Thrones where Jon Snow's just holding the sword and then you get the wide shot of all these horses running at him. And he's just like, oh boy, Th- 39. I'm getting the ball again. Here we go, baby. Um, I feel bad for him. I feel yeah, bad. For I him. do. I do too, but I'll feel bad I, uh, for him, uh, you know, on waiver wire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, so I originally, I originally had Jonathan Taylor on this list, but that's pretty obvious now, right? Where I yeah. mean, he's already been a league loser and he hasn't even played a snap yet. And look, the story has not been written, but we'll see what happens moving forward with that. Um, I'm with you with a lot of the running backs. Um, I had Josh Jacobs on there too as well. I just think that there's a regression there. You see it happen every year where I think last year he kind of, his value was a great, was a great deal, was a great steal, excuse me, because he led the league in rushing. Now I think he's pumped up too much where maybe the expectation isn't exactly going to pay off for where you get him. Um, it's still the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. My, my other honorable mention that I don't fully buy into, but I'm, I'm just saying a guy that can lose your league. I know we're excited about him right now, but a guy that can lose your league is Bijan Robinson. And, and the reason for that is obviously health aside, but you're looking at the quarterback situation. It's not super great. They can definitely stack the box in that particular scenario. And then you look at the way that Arthur Smith has kind of utilized his running backs in the last couple of years, and they still have Cordero Patterson on that team and a guy in Tyler Algier that they liked a lot, and he ran for over a thousand years, a thousand yards. So are we going to be saying in a couple of weeks, why is Bijan Robinson only getting 10 touches a game? You know, what what's that about? And he can be effective and he can be um, productive and we can see all the flashes of talent, but you're getting this guy in the first round, right? You need actual monster numbers. You need 15 to 20 fantasy points from him every single week. And I'm just worried that maybe the system, the scheme, the quarterback, and the coach might hold him back from doing that. Uh, hop in real quick before I reveal my league loser. Yeah, I love that call, Joey, with Bijan, because as you alluded to with Arthur Smith, not just how he utilizes the young the the run game, but how Arthur Smith has utilized all of his top 10 picks the last three years. Let's not forget, they spent a top 12 pick on Drake London, 
didn't even get to 900 receiving yards. They spent a top six pick on Kyle Pitts, who now is like, you know, can barely get to 50 catches. Like, it's not like the guy has a good track record of spending high draft picks on guys and then running them into the ground. What he does is he spends all this draft capital on players and then has all of us fantasy players going, why aren't you using him? Why would you do that? Why are you ignoring him? You spent all this draft capital on him. And that's just like, I don't care. I don't want to win games. How about Marcus Mariota? Just dive face forward and fumble. You're like, all right. You get a carry. You get a carry. Yeah. Yeah. You get a carry. Everyone gets a carry. Yeah, no, so look, I I, I love, I love, I think B. John Robinson is going to be good, but I'm just saying that that is a guy that can be a of league course. loser. Uh, the, the league loser for me in this particular category, you mentioned the team already. I'm going with Cooper Cup on this one. Um, I think that we are, we are respecting the incredible production that he provided during that Super Bowl run two seasons ago. But now when you're looking at this team, um, I have I have a lot of fears about Cooper Cup. I just think his value is way too high. And if he is the first wide receiver that you take off the board, that guy's got to be a lock, Dave. And I just don't think Cooper Cup is a lock. And I don't think Matt Stafford is a lock. And there's a lot of health issues there. Who are the weapons outside of Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup that you actually feel good about? And if Stafford gets hurt or if Cooper gets banged up, that is a team that by Halloween – might be thinking about the number one pick next year. And honestly, they should. They have to restart over at some point. They've burned all this draft capital. They went for it. They won their Super Bowl. They did it. Now I think if they're not exactly contending or if these guys get banged up a little bit, I could see them sitting Cooper Cup or being really careful with him the rest of the season. Um, I just don't see a huge year from him. And for a lot of people, this is the first wide receiver that they're taking off the board. And I'm just like, that worries me, man. I, I I just think that that can easily be a league loser, and um, and and it worries me. Let's move on to our next category, Dave. I'm actually gonna uh, we're not gonna go exactly in order. I'm just gonna flip it real quick. I want to yeah. go to underrated. Let's go back okay. to the positive side. Okay, yeah. Of it really quick. <clears throat> um, I just want to talk about a couple guys that you think at the draft value that they're going at right now are just frankly underrated, and, and you kind of like them to take maybe a little bit of a step above this year. Yeah, I know I just mentioned a bunch of running backs and I harped on not getting running backs on bad teams, but there's one I'm willing to go against kind of what I was just saying, but it's because of the talent, okay? He doesn't check all the boxes of a dead zone back because I think this dude is talented. In fact, the NFL knows he's talented because he led the entire NFL in broken tackles, Joey, Damian Pierce on the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. He's just one of my guys this year. He just passes the eye test. And look, I think his preseason usage is really promising. I was not going to draft Damian Pierce this season because I thought he would just be a two down back on a bad team. And then they bring in Devin Singletary, who honestly we should not be concerned about. But after the preseason usage, he played 100% of the snaps with CJ Stroud. Third downs, third and longs. He was on the field. He didn't get any targets, but I feel like that's very encouraging. In interviews with Damian Pierce, he's mentioned dropping a lot of weight because he he specifically said the offensive coordinator told him, we got to get you in route running shape, buddy. You're going to be a hmm. featured part. And when I look at all these running backs on all these teams and these dead zones, and I think who could honestly be the focal point of the offense, I think Damian Pierce is the one to bet on. He's got youth on his side. Sophomore running backs have an incredible hit rate. 
Houston has beefed up their O-line. Now, I will say I did just read this morning that they lost their center. I don't know if he's out for the year. So that's definitely something to watch. It's a TBD, yeah. That's a, definitely a TBD because this O-line was kind of getting to that middle of the pack, which I was okay with. If they start coming back down to earth, maybe I'll cool off a little bit of Damian Pierce. But I just like this guy. He's a playmaker. He can hit home runs. Um, he's obviously led the league in broken tackles. He's a battering Ram. And I just look at the Texans and I think they got a rookie quarterback. Yes. But out of all the situations, I feel the best about CJ Stroud being a protector of the ball, being able to be a game manager. And look, he was RB 16 with Davis mills and some other jokey. I can't even remember his name. Who is the Texans quarterback for half the season. So I feel like there's upgrades in everything. It's a little bit of an offensive upgrade, a little bit of an offensive line upgrade. I feel like right now, Damian Pierce is being drafted among the Miles Sanders. And I look at the talent and the situation and the age, and I think, mm, this is who I'm targeting in this round. This guy's underrated. Yeah, he looked really good that first month or so of the season last year. Granted, he got a little banged up. That, that season went, on the, uh, went off the rails. Um, and it kind of changed a little bit of what his season can make and finish. I don't, did he finish with a thousand yards? Damian Pierce, he fell just short, didn't he? He fell just he, short and he missed six games. So, yeah. You know. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's almost like a lock-in right there. And that's what you're looking for in that, that middle rounds right there. Who is the guy that's just going to get the touches and the carries and maybe get you those 1000 yards, maybe can get you a six, seven, eight touchdowns. Um, I love that call, Dave. Um, I think he's really talented back and with the new head coaching staff there with D'Amico Ryan's. Um, I think he's going to try and take some of those San Francisco, not the Kyle Shanahan, but some of that San Francisco mentality of we're going to run the football. We're going to try and play some defense. We're going to slow the game down a little bit, and we're going to see if we can win football games that way. Um, I have a very similar guy, too, as well. Um, my honorable mention, I had Kenneth Walker on the list. Um, groin injury right now, but look, man, when that guy got the football in his hands, that dude's a star. And when you talk about the NFC West, God, they get to play the Rams twice. They get to play the Cardinals twice. That's four games right there. That's four green light matchups without even me looking at the schedule, knowing that that could be great for the Seahawks offense and Kenneth Walker. You, you know I love that call, Joey. I feel like that guy's worth 175 fab dollars. And he was. <laughs> and, he, and I'll and spend was. it again. And I'd spend it again, Joseph. <laughs> finally paid that off on the credit card, but we finally, we finally figured it out. A lot uh, of my other. My other honorable mention is a guy. This was a little bit of a fantasy of mine last year. Um, I actually think Sky Moore is really underrated right Ooh, now in the Chiefs' offense. Joey, when, yes. when we talk about when we talk about those unscripted breakdown plays where Patrick Mahomes is out there making stuff happen, I kind of see that. You, like last year was Valdez Scantling. Um, we've seen it previously with Tyreek Hill. We've seen it with McCole Hardman. I think Sky Moore is the guy who's going to be open down the field, fifty yards. Um, for that easy, like quick 12 point pop in fantasy. And I don't know if he's going to be a guy, it's going to be a little boomer bust, right? I mean, I think I'd put him in a little bit in that Deshaun Jackson category a little bit, but when you have Deshaun Jackson, sometimes you wake up a little bit late to Sunday football and you look at your lineup and you've already got 14 points because he just scored a 70 yard touchdown. I think that's underrated. The other guy that I'm going to say is underrated Dave for a couple of different reasons. And I'm kind of shocked. He stuck around in our fantasy league for as long as he did, that he's ranked where he is right now. I'm going to put Mike Evans. Now, look, I think the last couple of years he's been overvalued. And, man, he got kicked down like down the pipe of like four rounds this year, I feel like. And there's a couple different reasons why. The first one is 
when you go back and look through Mike Evans's career, what has he done? He's made short quarterbacks superstars. Go all the way back to his time with Johnny Manziel in college. Um, he comes into the NFL. Uh, obviously, he has a couple of great years with Jamison Winston. We've seen what he's done with Tom Brady. Now he's with Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker, I think is I think Mike Evans is a guy for Baker Mayfield who doesn't have all the talent at quarterback in the world. I think it's a guy that he can trust. You're already hearing that he's having some contractual issues with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I also think that pick your contender a month or two from now as a possible trade candidate. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers may want to move on from a guy like Mike Evans. He could end up on an even better team. I'm not saying wide receiver one. I'm not saying wide receiver two. But for your flex, I think you could do a lot worse than Mike Evans at this particular time. Um, and for some people, he's even a bench stash. So I'm just saying that he's super underrated right now. And he's a guy that, look, I'm not saying go up and get him. I'm saying wait for him to come to you. And when he's on the board and you're deciding between two other guys, if he's still available, I would definitely go for him. Um, Dave, oh, you want to hop in? No, I was just saying I like the call, Joe. I think both he and Godwin are a little undervalued. Um, we know Baker Mayfield loves him, a steady, sturdy slot wide receiver. That's why Jarvis Landry continues to get paid in the NFL is because Baker Mayfield relied on him so heavily. I could definitely see Chris Godwin um, still profiting from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, let's hop on over to our overrated category. Uh, I'm going to make this Ooh, yeah. one super, super simple, Dave, for me. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one. I feel like this is every single year. Um, and look, I'm not saying that he's not a productive player, but where he's valued every year just drives me nuts. It's Amari Cooper, okay? Um, yes, <laughs> I'm please, sorry. Please. I'm sorry, man. Please every talk single game. About Amari. Every, he either is a questionable. And sometimes when he suits up, he has to sit out plays in certain series because he's banged up. Um, I mean, the guy lays a goose egg like nobody's business. Now, granted, he'll have a couple of good games here and there. But he's on a Browns offense with Deshaun Watson, who I also think is I, – I, maybe he's just rated. I don't know if he's overrated or not. But when you see Mara Cooper, I think he's 32nd right now. Um, that's nuts. That's crazy to me. Um, I don't think he'd be any more than a wide receiver, too. And based on his health, I wouldn't even like that value. He's overrated. I love it, Joe. I had Deshaun Watson as a runner-up for overrated, but I don't want to waste any breath on that guy ever. So I'm not going to. But I love the call, Joey. Amari Cooper is always that player I am staring at. He's on the board, and I immediately go to my next man up. He's I got just, his thumb on the side of the road, I and I'm just, just driving. I, just I say, keep driving. I got a full trunk, buddy. I got groceries. I got to get them in the fridge. Sorry, Amari. <laughs> I got to go. Um, So that's – is he also your overrated? Do we get the no, same one? No, 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 Joey. My overrated guy is – we talked a little bit about Bijan Robinson. Mine is the other rookie who I am honestly baffled – as to this price tag, we just saw him go in the very beginning of the third round in our draft, Joey. It is Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. I want to read you some names, Bears fans. Okay, here we go. Joyke Bell, Reggie Bush. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Javid Best, Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, on Johnson, DeAndre Swift. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight running backs under 200 pounds that have been on the Lions. And do you know how many finished in the top 15? Seto, my friends, not a one, okay? 
Do you know what the definition of insanity is? It's you keep doing the same thing, expecting the a Detroit different Lions. result. Okay. <laughs> They're the Detroit Lions. They also made David Montgomery next to Miles Sanders the second highest paid running back of the offseason. Okay. Gibbs is a buck 90. Yes, drafted 12th overall. I need to say this. I think he is an amazing player. He's going to be electric. Okay. He's probably going to rack up 60 catches. But there are some people who are assuming he's going to be Kamara or CMC as rookie season because as RB14, Joey, he has to be. He has to be them, their rookie season, or else he's a bust at RB14. That price tag is just a little too rich for my blood, especially in half PPR point, okay? Full PPR, maybe I could see it if you get like bonuses for 40-yard runs. I, I just like, can you find me a six round difference between Jameer Gibbs and James Cook, Joey, like really like, well, and and on top of that too, as well, Dave, I mean, there was a stat that I think uh, Jamal Williams last year who led the league in touchdowns, he had over 60 carries in the red zone. So how many of let's just even say that you do 80% of that. Let's say there's 40 carries in the red zone this year. How many of those are going to go to Gibbs and how many of those are going to go to Montgomery? I feel I'd like say it's probably a three, a three to one <laughs> ratio at least. So, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, man. Unless he's taken it to the house on some sort of long run, I don't think they're going to give him a crack at a lot of touchdowns. And then you really start kind of playing the game of volume, touches, targets. If you're not getting touchdowns, are you really worth the fantasy value? Yeah, I feel like he's going to be like his best case scenario is going to be Austin Eckler this season with Melvin Gordon. Now, in that season, Austin Eckler finishes like RB18 or whatever because he was like 100 all-purpose yards every game. Not a lot of touchdowns, 50 receiving yards, 50 rushing yards. To me, that's what Jameer Gibbs is, which is fine. And that's like a solid, you know, low-end RB2. But I've seen him go as like RB12 in draft. Like people are viewing him like he is this league winner, that he's just going to be like the bell cow. And I just don't see it happening. That being said, Everyone listening is probably going to can't wait to give me a receipt after week one. They're playing the Chiefs. Look, he's going to be used a ton versus the Chiefs, right? It's got a <laughs> 64 point total right now in Vegas or some shit. So I get it. He's everyone's going to think he's the best coming out of week one. My advice, if you get Jameer Gibbs, if you already drafted him after week one, sell, sell, sell high, folks, because he'll probably be his best game. He'll get the most insane usage. But my guess is David Montgomery, who almost made my underrated list, is going to be on the field way more often than Jameer Gibbs managers would like to stomach. I mean, it's the DeAndre Swift situation all over again. In my opinion, they're going to make the rookie earn it, and they trust David Montgomery in the locker room, and they give him the first crack at everything. I'm doing a Dan Campbell. You know what I mean? Like, it is Dan I, Campbell still. No, and it's going to take a while for the rookie, I think, to actually get like that kind of run, and I'm serious. He's going to have to bust a 35-, 40-yard run on one carry to get to probably 40 yards on, you know, the five or six that they would give him throughout the game. So I'm with you. We got two categories real quick, and then we got to get out of here, Dave. Um, let's not end on, a, on, on the low notes. So we're going to do Please. the low note now. Um, the tight end position, we've talked about it here on the podcast in previous years. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse. I mean, outside of Travis Kelsey, a couple other guys like a TJ Hawkinson, a Darren Waller. The point is there aren't 12 tight ends to cover an entire league it actually creates a disadvantage 
in your fantasy league because there aren't even 12 guys that you can run out and and make a case that they're going to be able to even crack the top five or top six by season's end. But Dave, that means we still got to draft some of these guys. All right. Some of these dudes have to end up on rosters anyway. So uh, give us a couple of names. Give us some low at the end of the trough guys that you think could possibly be um, intriguing, could possibly be usable. If you're the guy that's taking the 10th tight end off the board, who is it that you could target? Yeah, this is my tight end theory for this year, folks, is I want a top six tight end. If not, I want to be the last guy to take one, and I'm going to double tap, and I'm going to take two. I'm not usually a draft two tight end guy, but I think this is the year you kind of have to because there's like 20 guys that are kind of the same, and I want to kind of combine two guys and make one tight end, and I want one for floor and one for ceiling. And my go-tos this year is for floor, it's Tyler Higby. You just mm-hmm. talked about Cooper Cup can't stay on the field. I don't know who their number two or number three is. I think there's going to be certain games where Tyler Higby has like eight catches for 60 yards, but in the PPR league, boom, you got, you know, 10 plus points right there. I think he's going to be serviceable. I think he's going to be fine. And then I'm going to pair him with one of these three rookies. Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, and Luke Musgrave. Sorry, Bears fans. The reason why rookie tight ends have this moniker that they cannot produce in their rookie year is because they usually get drafted to teams with really good vets on them, and they can't beat out the vets. It's playing time. It's not about um, you know talent. So you had a Trey McBride get drafted really high, but he sat behind Zach Ertz. So he couldn't get the playing time. That's why he doesn't produce his rookie season, but it's different this year. Laporta might be second in targets on the lions. And let's not forget. This is the lions team that probably earned TJ Hawkinson, that big old contract who had 12 touchdowns combined from their tight ends last year from guys like Shane Zilstra. And I can't even pronounce the other guys' names and who cares? Side effects of Zilstra include (laughs) low target rate. And then Luke Musgrave, who's played a hundred percent of Jordan Love's snaps through the preseason. This guy is going to be their starting tight end. He's going to be on the field a lot. All the beat reporters are saying he's being used all over the field. These are just dart throws, I think, that are worth throwing. Um, Again, it's tight ends. Like, you throw up your hands. So, for me, I want either Higby, Cole Komet, or my real deep sleeper is Juwan Johnson. And then I'm going to pair him with a Kincaid, Laporte, or Musgrave. And I'm going to pray to the gods and then immediately write an email to my commissioner demanding he get rid of the tight end position the following season. (laughs) I think uh, I think Cole Komet is going to give you some pretty decent value if you're getting him in the 10th round and you wait out on the tight end position. And Dave, uh, you brought up a great point. I think the rookie tight ends, um, if you're going to go bottom of the barrel on tight end, you might as well go with one of those guys because at least they're going to be young. There's a lot of athletic guys that came out of the draft, and there's a dude that you didn't name that I like a whole lot. There's a guy that people thought was going to be the best tight end coming out of the draft, and then he fell in the draft. It's Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, on the, yeah. On the Raiders, man. Josh McDaniels coming literally from Jimmy tight G. end, tight end university in the Patriots. What does Jimmy G like to do? He loves to throw the quick slant, loves to find the tight end. 
Granted, it takes a while for rookies to get involved a little bit, but Michael Mayer could definitely be a guy that could surprise um, the kid out of Notre Dame. Uh, speaking of that, we got to get out of here. Just Dave, really quick, who's your favorite rookie? Um, who's the guy um, that you're probably going to stash on your bench? It might take a little while, but you know, outside of a Bijan Robinson, um, who's going to be on your team fantasy wise on the rookie side? Well, I think we we might have the same one. I'm wondering who yours is. If you just go ahead and say it, you go into the row show. <laughs> Which or Jordan Addison. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got Roshan both, John, so. I got Roshan Johnson about, and Jordan okay, Addison. Are my two okay. Guys. Okay. Yeah. I got Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers. Uh, we'll just okay. talk a little bit about Jordan Addison since we both love him. Guys, sometimes fantasy is easy. Okay. Adam Thielen ran the eighth most routes last season since 2011. So not just the most routes out of last season, but out of all wide receivers since 2011. The dude did nothing but run routes. He's gone. And you know what? For years and years and years, the second wide receiver on the Vikings produces in fantasy. Kirk Cousins has had two top 15 fantasy wide receivers in 60% of his seasons. This is just easy. They needed someone to win on the outside because no one gets double covered more than Devontae Adams and Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. And so they went and got a guy who's great in man coverage from USC named Jordan Anderson, who is a really fun player. And right out of the gates, all he has to do is beat KJ Osborne. I think he'll do that. I think it may be a little bit of a slow burn, but by week seven, eight, I think Jordan Anderson could definitely be in the wide receiver three category. And I think there's a possibility where you're starting him every week as your wide receiver too. Um, I got him on my list and, and he's having a great camp and they love what he's doing. Kirk cousins already uh, says in the press that he trusts him. We're going to find out as the season goes along, but look, I mean, that's the thing about Kirk cousins is you might not want him on your fancy team, but you can trust him to get the ball to wide receivers, right? That's the positive way that you can kind of spin the Vikings offensive situation right now. I also have Roshan Johnson on the list because Every year this happens, and this is what you have to do in fantasy football is it's okay if you don't like the last couple of guys in your roster because those are rotational pieces that you can move in and out because you got to be ready to pounce on that hot new name. And obviously, I like the kid Achain uh, with the Dolphins, um, Charbonnet with the Seahawks, especially if Kenneth Walker can't get healthy. But Roshan Johnson is a really interesting piece by weeks four, five, and six. You can catch the ball in the backfield. He might be the best pass blocker in that backfield right now with Deontay Johnson and Khalil Herbert. I think Herbert's still going to get the touches, but if you're looking for a guy who's going to replace the David Montgomery role, especially maybe in some short yardage situations, dare I say red zone short yardage situations, I think it could be Roshan Johnson by by maybe Halloween, by maybe midseason. And if that is the case, that is a guy that you can go pick up off the waiver wire, and when those bye weeks start rolling around, you could at least plug him in and start getting you maybe 10 to 14 points. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot right now, but trust me, week seven, you were going to be praying. I just, please just give me 10 to 14 points. You know what I mean? And I just think that's the type of guy that keep an eye on for sure. Um, it happens every single year. There always is a running back that sort of shows up around that time um, and can either turn into a league winner or just turn into a new starter. And I think he might be that guy. Dave, anything else uh, before we go? Empty the chamber. Yeah, I just had on my list Zay Flowers, Joey. He was our uh, pre-draft man to see, if you will. He was both of our favorite wide receiver in this draft. I think he goes to a decent enough situation. 
Lamar Jackson had his best season when Hollywood Brown was there. If you look at the archetype, who does Hollywood Brown remind you of? Zay Flowers. Mm. I think Zay Flowers is better than Marquise Brown was his rookie season as a prospect. They call him Big Play Zay. What do you want to be doing in the late rounds of your draft for your flex position is getting home run hitters, you know, finding this year's, this generation's Deshaun Jackson. I think it could be Zay Flowers. I think he's a guy you draft, you wait for the right matchup with a high Vegas total, you throw him in the flex. And if there's someone that's going to take something to the house on the Ravens, it ain't going to be old man OBJ. It ain't going to be Mark Andrews. It's not going to be Rashad Bateman Bateman who can't stay on the field. And that's his competition. Three guys that can't put a full season together. They're not exactly beacons of health. I think there's a world in which Zay Flowers, by the end of the season, much to Pat Babbitt's chagrin, is the top receiver on the Ravens. I'm excited, Joey. Zay Flowers, last 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 couple rounds of your draft. Get him, get him on your teeth. <laughs> Bonesaw gets a shout out before the pod ends. This was Bet on Chicago. I'm Joey Christopoulos. Thank you so much for tuning into our fantasy football. 2023 preview episode brought to you by betonline.ag 50% off your first deposit when you use promo code BLEAV and what better time than right now with NFL futures week one it's all percolating it's all coming right now so hop on over there and do that I want to thank my tutty guy David Rispoli for joining me on the show Dave real quick plug all the great work you're going to be doing for rotoballer.com this season in fantasy football yeah, I'm still uh, the face of their TikTok. It's just me, folks, over there. Follow me at Rotoballer NFL for all my fantasy football content on Rotoballer. Dude, thank you so much, man. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into this show. We got plenty more coming. Football's around the corner. We got the Cubs going for a playoff run right now. So plenty more to check out right here on Bet on Chicago. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.